Climbers, the market share of major label artists is gradually shrinking over the years since social media decentralized marketing and streaming decentralized distribution. Currently, indie artists are responsible for a whopping 30 to 35% of all streams on Spotify and growing. And now Spotify is changing the payouts. What does this mean to you? Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to the Drive! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the new music business. These are the new rules. We're going to teach you how to play the new game. That's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a backstrom from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got top tens in Australia. Got top tens on Texas radio. Got number ones in Southern Gospel. The man is nationwide and multi-genre genius. And what I really love about him, he's got a big heart because he wants to help you, the songwriter, become professional by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he is going to get you in touch with the pros so you can then create a relationship and get on your way to climbing up that ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs. Just to name a few, you can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. We got a horrible, scathing, brutal review. Yeah. Yeah, we did. (laughs) We did. It was actually kind of hysterical. (laughs) So... It was about how we talk too much, and so I don't know if I want to talk about it or not talk about it. <laughs> On a podcast. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening, for still listening. Yeah, so well, you got to read the review. You got to read the review. Yeah, you know, if you're not, if you don't have haters, guys, you're not doing it right. And this isn't even really maybe, I wouldn't consider it as a, as a hater, right? Like, because it wasn't like just all horrific. <laughs> Well, it, got, it got up to mid. Okay, anyway, three out of five stars. 30 minutes of ads, small talk, self-promotion, Facebook group reviewing, followed by 20 minutes of solid but not mind-blowing advice. <laughs> Brownie face. It's a very mediocre review. <laughs> so, sorry. You know, yeah, there we go. Well, there's. let's hope it wasn't actually 30 minutes of that other stuff. Yeah. But I know we have... We have gone long sometimes. But anyway, that kind of hits me where I live because as a songwriter, I'm trying to get everything down to three minutes. So the longer our episodes go, the more fidgety I get. I'll be honest about it. But anyway, we're trying to bring you good stuff. We're trying to bring you good stuff. Yeah. And I I think if we go back and we look at the numbers on some of the ones that run longer, Mm -hmm. like they're going to compete with the ones that run shorter. So it's like, we only run longer if it's, if we got some more to say. Oh yeah. And I feel like people want to hear that. And so my response to Brent, by the way, on this one, he sent me the screenshot of this review was I took a screenshot of my, uh, I have an iPhone. So I use the iPhone podcast 
app that's that comes on iPhone. Mm-hmm. And there's a button like right by the play button. I don't know if you guys know there's a button right by the play button. It's really cool. It's like it's a it's a forward circle arrow with a 30 second jump. You could jump ahead. Yes. So if you don't, if you can't stand the Facebook reviews and you don't like the crap that we're having and Han about in the first 10 minutes of the show, just skip past it. I do that on a bunch of podcasts that I yeah. listen to. And and there's a bunch that I don't do that on because I like what they have to say. Right. So, and I know there's a couple of people I'm thinking, shout out to like Paul DeMarco right now. Who's like, I'll weird it out every time he hears our voice because he always listens to it like 1.5 speed or something. Yes. <laughs> he listens to it faster, which changes the, the timber of, of our voices. So, so he's never had an ep- he's never had an episode over an hour of the climb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like man, you know, like that's crazy. And and all the you know, hey, God bless us. We have commercials. I'm not apologizing for that. Yeah, like we finally found out how to get paid with for this part. Yes, yeah, so this helps to keep going. But yes, we will. Uh, we'll always try to keep it all killer, no filler. So all killer, no filler. So anyway, what we're gonna do is get into this new Spotify payout. Yes, there are. Um, there are wild positions on this. Shout out to like a lot of people sent me this information like as soon as it dropped. Mm-hmm. And the first two to do it, I can't remember who was first or second, so I'm going to shout them out both, was uh, Sonny Joe Graham, longtime climber and mm-hmm. the saint who does our <laughs> our graphics work. We're so grateful for you. We love you, Sonny Joe. We love you. You don't know how I feel. And then Randy Barber was like, dude, look at this. Mm-hmm. He's like, this would be a great podcast. So you know, I went in and dug down on it and some people are like, oh, this is going to be better for the artists. And some people are like, oh, this sucks. Like this is stealing. This is once again, Spotify crushing the mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So we're going to unpack this, but quick, let's get into some, take care of a little business, man. Join the yes. climb community on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. And you want to, uh, Ask to be let in because you have to. We let everybody in unless you look like a hooker or a, a robot or a, a spam artist. Mm-hmm. And then come in and participate. Come in and be uh, a part of it, man. We got we put posts up every week that you can comment on those posts and tell us about your new music and have a boatload of people support you and comment about any wins that you've had in, in this past week and have a boatload of people comment and support you. And in that post, you can comment about your gigs, but keep it out of the main feed. The only thing for the mm-hmm. main feed is stuff that, you know, would be universally important to everybody in the community. And we're not going to judge you on like relevance or importance of that content. We're only going to judge you if you're like putting your crap in the feed. Like, don't do that. You know, I put my crap in the in the Wednesday win section. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can put your crap there too. <laughs> That's right. It's like the milk. Keep it in the fridge. It's all good if it's in the fridge. So uh, what, what are some wins? Let's get through those and we'll get on. All right. Yes. Yeah, some wins I today. I feel rushed by this guy now. I feel rushed by this damn. It's all right. It's all right. We just don't need to meander, but we're good. All right. So every Wednesday we have the New Heights Post, which is where we encourage you to celebrate your wins. It is a great place to meet other people in the community, get to comment on their stuff, show up in a positive way, and also do a little humble brag because we're asking for it. You're not bragging, you're answering a question. So climber Jacob Real says, somehow I've hit nearly 10,000 monthly listeners on Spotify after releasing a four-song EP. Probably not that many to some, but it feels like a little victory. Hopefully, when it falls, it won't hurt too bad, LOL. So, Jacob, congratulations on the 10K monthly listeners. That's awesome. Yeah. Sunday Joe pipes in with, that is a huge victory. 
celebrate. See, yes, it is. We're supportive in the climb community. So good job, Jacob. Uh, let's see here. Also, we have climber Les Downs said last night, my very first release went live. It's a collection of some jazzy Christmas classics. This is something I've always wanted to do and proud to have finally made myself do it. I uh, hope you take the time to check it out. And Les includes a link. It's called Jazzy Kind of Christmas Live. So there's a link to Spotify. And so let's help Les get over a thousand downloads this year. But anyway, uh, which we'll get into tonight. But anyway, thanks to all you for posting and keep on climbing. There you go. Yeah. Tell a friend about it, guys. Like, make sure you follow us on on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Check us out on YouTube. If you want to see our ugly mugs, you can go check that out. Mm-hmm. And tell a friend about it. That's really the most important thing. I mean, it's really word of mouth, right? Like if you guys, there's been a long time. I met another climber at the local mm-hmm. the other day, and it was fun because God, I can't remember somehow I ended up like D. Vincent Williams was there. We were all having a conversation, but oh, Janelle ended up having a conversation with her. Of course. And so all of a sudden she's talking and she's just like, you know, they're getting to some conversation. And ours, I just moved here, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, my fiance, blah, blah. And all of a sudden she's like, wait. You're Johnny Chanel? <laughs> She's like, I'm a climber. I listen to the climb. I was just like, oh my God, it's so cool. You know? That's funny. You're Johnny's Janelle. So, I mean, you know, if people are listening, man, and tell them why you're listening. Maybe we can help them too. That's right. So, all right, let's get into this. So we got some drama with Spotify going on. Spotify has changed some rules that are going to affect songwriters and artists. And let's dig in. Let's go. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about this yet, Johnny. Tell me how I feel. I know. Well, I'm going to try my best to listen. You know, I'm going to give my opinion on this Mm -hmm. and what I think about this. And there are people that I highly respect. Tony Van Veen being one of them, the CEO of Dismakers, opposite side of the table on this issue for me. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of um, a lot of emotion about this out there. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important. I think a lot of people are pissed off and they're not sure what to feel. Some people too mad, some people too happy, you know? (laughs) But the first thing I want to point out is this, that by the way, I don't know if you caught that in my cold open, but indie music, indie streams represent 30 to 35% of all the total streams on Spotify right now. Hmm. That's a lot. That's insane. That is insane. Okay. And it's growing in the major labels market share as determined by streams, shrinking Mm -hmm. and continues to shrink. So this reinforces a lot of other podcast episodes we've had, Brent, where we're talking about this, the pie is getting bigger, but you have to be a student of the game, right? You have to play. You you know what? You have to be professional. There we go. (laughs) You have to be professional. You know what I mean? That's all there is to it. You're not going to keep any job anywhere if you're unprofessional. Right. It doesn't take some kind of crazy college education to become a construction worker. But Mm -hmm. if you don't swing a hammer and show up to work and actually produce, you're not going to keep that job for too long, are you? That's right. Not going to happen. So here's what happened. Spotify changed the rules on the payout policy. I'm going to list them and then we're going to break them down. Really, there's one that's got everybody just out of their minds on. And that's the one Mm -hmm. we're really going to focus on. But at the top of the show, here are the three rules. Any song that doesn't generate at least a thousand streams per year Mm -hmm. will not be paid royalties. 
Okay, those royalties will be put into a different account, and they'll they're paid out then via what they are calling an artist centric distribution method, right? Which sounds really cool, right? Everybody's like, oh, that's just like a wolf in sheep's or clothing kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It just means that they're going to divide it up amongst the most popular artists or the artists with the most streams that year. So the professional artists that get the most streams are going to be paid more per stream mm-hmm. than the artists who didn't get a thousand streams on that song. Yeah. That's the first one. That's the biggie. Okay. We're going to really dive into that. Mm-hmm. Number two, distributors that are caught being fraudulent are going to be penalized. There has been no articulation. Well, first of all, what does fraudulent mean? It's the streaming service determines that the distributor is gauging in something like stream farms or something that's disingenuous. Then those streaming services are going to be, or I'm sorry, those distributors are going to be put on notice, mm-hmm. right? Or there's something, something's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a fine, a penalty. They haven't articulated what the punishment's going to be, but they're, they're now saying like, this is going to happen, okay? okay? Some people are arguing that this is the slippery slope to eliminating the DIYs, right? Eliminating TuneCore, CD Baby, DistroKid, so that just the major label distribution companies can dominate. Hmm. I don't know why Spotify would be into that, considering that's thirty percent of their streams or indies. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little too big and too growing for them to worry about that. Especially at some point here, this may be the catalyst for the major labels pulling out and saying we're going to do our own streaming. Yeah, who knows? I'm not sure. But the third thing is, and I totally agree with this one thousand percent, is there are like one of the biggest money makers on Spotify, y'all, is a company that they make $45 million a year because they own a boatload of traffic. And what do they do with the traffic? It's all like sleep sounds. Okay. So white noise, pink noise, green noise. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's rain hitting a tin roof, the sound of that, or a thunderstorm recording, waves slapping up on the shore, these kind of things that people have when they sleep. I love this stuff. I mean, we, we, you know, have this, Janelle actually has a friggin' hairdryer that just a friggin' fire hazard that goes all night long. I'm not going to talk about that. But, but um, you know, when Janelle's gone with the hairdryer, I listen to like one of these companies, right? Yeah. But what they're doing is they're gaming the system essentially. And they are, you know, instead of like an eight hour or 10 hour straight of like listening to this, you get that. That's the result. You get that 10 hour straight, but they have like broken up into 31 second segments. So they're getting paid for a master copy every 30 seconds per yeah for every 31 seconds and so they're yeah. going to change that and make that raise that bar higher to make a payable stream because that particular content is always consumed very in a very specific manner yeah and so them you know getting that kind of money for that is a different deal it's not fair and they're going to change that i like that okay okay so those are the three rules all right so Let's get into the, the heat here. Uh, you know, yeah. any song that doesn't generate at least a thousand streams per year will not be paid royalties. Those royalties are redistributed via an artist-centric monetary distribution. This is, you know what this is, guys. If you're mildly professional. It's the rich get richer. Yeah. <laughs> rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Well, because it's going to the artists that are already making the most off of it. So I'm sure that is an argument against it, right? Take it for the little guy, give it to a big guy. Yeah, it is, but it's a it's a crappy argument against it. It's a crappy argument against it. Okay. How how is that a crappy argument? 
because well okay let's uh, let's do it this way okay let's think about it in terms of blanket fees at a pro mm -hmm. okay so they're collected and then all those blanket fees are distributed you know amongst a very very small group of the biggest artists that year mm -hmm. right yeah is that a fair way to describe that it's yeah there's a it goes into a fund and there's seems to always be a little wiggle room in there okay so you know you schooled me on this mm -hmm. I thought that radio stations, that reporting radio stations had to report the songs so that the PRO would pay directly on the songs. But you're saying that all the P1 radio stations pay blanket fees. Yes. And so do the clubs and any, you know, jukeboxes and any, uh, you know, wherever you hear music stations, man, they all pay to run that music okay mm -hmm. and the performance rights organizations collect that money they put it into a general fund and then they distribute it okay mm -hmm. but here that to me that's more of a rich get richer and the poor get poorer thing that's more of like a, a kind of cronyism sort of thing but you know it's a thousand streams man yeah a thousand streams like it, it you know tony van veen's thing again i totally respect tony van veen we're trying to get him on the podcast i love him you know his point which is well taken is that this is just stealing this is not black box money that they can't distribute because they don't know where it's supposed to go to these are people that they know who should get paid mm -hmm. but they're not going to pay it because you didn't get enough traffic that year on that song yeah and so they're going to put it into a fund and redistribute it so Stealing would suggest that it's like somehow there's a victim involved, right? Like that somebody unbeknownst to them was no control over the situation, right? Like, you know, they held me up a gunpoint and took my wallet. Yeah. That's stealing. Okay. But if you get a thousand and one streams, they're not going to take it. Yeah. To me, it looks like maybe it's a play to clean out the you know what you call the world's refrigerator yeah, yeah everyone puts their want to put their art up on the world's refrigerator going yeah we're just not going to support that we're not paying for that we're not gonna i guess go through the uh because i'm sure it's a i don't know if it saves them administrative work because either way it's got to be administered it's probably more administrative work well we're gonna we're gonna you know what let, let's get we're gonna about to get into that so okay because we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna bring some different light to this thing so you guys understand what's going on okay okay but listen, I, for a moment, the point that you were on, Brent, about like, okay, maybe this is going to be the thing that just gets all of the noise, right? Or a lot of the noise off the radar screen. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can't get paid, I'm not going to do it. But that's not the case, okay? I'm going to prove that later on the show here, okay? All right. So here's the, let, let's just first talk about, you just jumped right into it, gateway fees, like the, the administration of the payouts, Okay. Mm -hmm. So a thousand streams. Let's just deal with like the master. Let's just deal with the master recording of this. Let's just not assume like it'd be a little bit more money if you wrote the song, mm -hmm. but let's just say you own the master, right? Yeah. So you didn't write it, but you own the master is what you're saying. Right. So that, that the payout on that is 0. 0.00032 cents per stream. So a thousand streams, 32 cents. Okay. Okay. Thousand streams. So if you've done any e-commerce at all, okay, and I would hope that a lot of climbers have a store on their friggin' website, okay? Mm -hmm. But if you've done any e-commerce at all, you're going to get this. If you haven't done e-commerce, 
this is probably going to fall on deaf ears. You might not understand this, but this is real. And this is the reality. Brent, you're going to back me up 100% on this because you've done plenty of e-commerce. All right. When you accept a payment via a credit card or a digital transaction via like PayPal, you know, from di- distributors, like if you've got something on Shopify, Daredevil, it's not a distributor, but we use QuickBooks, which is a software that allows me to do customer service and I can run credit cards through that. That's a payment gateway. Mm-hmm. I'm able to get paid through an invoice on QuickBooks. And or if you accept payment on your websites, website store as an artist, you might have a payment gateway like Stripe or Square or PayPal mm-hmm. or WooCommerce or something like that, or you know Gumroad. There is a finance fee, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's a percentage of the overall transaction. QuickBooks is 3.5% if the card is not present, which is the way it always is because it's an invoice, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you get a better rate on a point of sale because there's less room for fraudulent transactions when the person's actually holding the card. Mm -hmm. So like a point of sale when somebody's swiping a card, let's say like if you're swiping the card at a on your merch booth, by the way, side note, good point to do it that way as opposed to PayPal or some other thing because you're going to pay you're going to make more money per transaction if you make them physically swipe the card than you would if you're doing PayPal or mm-hmm. if they're going to use Apple Pay or something like that right so it's 3.5% right and Brent I know Gumroad's probably right in there right probably right at that probably so yeah I don't use them as much but they they still have some stuff. Okay. Who do you mainly use now? I mainly use Stripe. Okay. For like all of my events and stuff through Songwriting Pro, there's some legacy subscriptions through Gumroad, Mm -hmm. but that's the only thing I use that for is legacy subscriptions. All the new stuff goes through Stripe. Okay. And, but people often have an option doing PayPal. If they don't want to do credit card, they can do PayPal. So I think 3.5% is pretty much like the industry standard out there for a non, Mm -hmm. for a transaction that doesn't involve a physical card. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's not the only fee, is it, Brent? No, I'm sh- no, I'm surely not. No, there's one other fee. What is it? Are we talking like taxes or something? I'm talking. What's that? Are we talking like taxes or something? No, <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know. What is it? It's a transaction fee. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a base and then the transaction. So every time that you run a card for whatever, there's two fees that happen from whoever you're using Stripe. Square, PayPal, whatever. It's a percentage of the sale plus a transaction fee, which is usually 30 cents. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to have 10 transactions. It's going to be $3 in transaction fees plus a 3.5% of the total amount of transactions, which could be a million dollars or... 20. You know what I mean? Like it it just depends on how big those transactions are. Right. But bottom line, flat rate, 30 cents per transaction. So we talked about that master recording on Spotify Mm -hmm. for a thousand streams, 32 cents is the payout. Well, okay. I'm going to question that. So, you know, billboard came out with the uh, Spotify payout calendar Mm -hmm. that said, you know, it's BMI, I think, or in billboard anyway. So it, you put in your uh, number streams and it tells you Spotify pays for the sound recording, the mechanical and the performance. And then also does the same for Apple pay, which by the way, Apple pay is like 
just about double mm-hmm. what uh, Spotify pays out, by the way. Right. But I, so I put it in there, a thousand streams, and it says sound recording is $3.70. And then you have mechanical and, and performance would be the publishing on For Apple? That. No, for Spotify. It says 1,000 streams is $3.70 for the sound recording, which is the master. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm trying to figure out how that is. So throw your curveball there, but I figure, um, yeah, because I know master gets paid differently. Like it's be like a dollar ten for mechanical and performance combined, which is the songwriter side, the publishing side of it. So on thousand streams, if you are a solo writer, you get like a buck ten on a thousand streams. Okay. But if you also own the sound recording, that it says right now would be additional three seventy, so three dollars and seventy cents. Okay, not a, not going to change your life or get you coffee. It's not a lot of money. It's not going to change your life. That's right. right. But like, I mean, how many times have you, gosh, come across? I mean, I even think the payouts on our podcast platform that we're on, right? Like, you don't get paid until it reaches a certain amount of money. Usually, it's like twenty five mm-hmm. bucks, right? Yeah, they're publishers and stuff that like the admin companies that say, hey, or even, you know, publishing companies for their own writers are like, we're not paying you if it's under a hundred bucks. Yeah. I think PROs have done that before, even maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure if they do that anymore, but that's pretty common to go, listen, we're not, well, how much are stamps these days? We're not sticking a 60 cent stamp on a 20 cent payment. Well, and, and so, yeah, that's the point though, right? Like whether it's, yeah. whether it's a check or a digital payment, there's a fee, there's administration fees involved mm-hmm. and you have to pay somebody to do it, right? Right. And so when you're talking about like all that kind of crap, man, it costs money to do that. And so they're like, look, we're not going to pay to administer this until we're not losing money, right? Yeah. So I bet they're saving a buttload on those 30 cent Oh my God. Yes. And so how many are, how many are getting less than a thousand, how many songs? So each song, you know, uncle Jimmy that put out 10 songs last year that all have 10 streams each, but what's three bucks to pay him is nothing to send him a statement that says you, you really made less than a penny. Is that how that works? Yeah. So, okay. So now let's, let's, so now we kind of broken it down transaction by transaction in ways that I'm sure everybody listening to the podcast has dealt with before, right? Like I can't get paid from my PRO or I can't get paid from this or from that digitally until it reaches a certain amount of money. And then I get paid Yeah, because there's an admin cost to it. Right. Yeah. So this makes sense to me. Now I want to just hip everybody. You've already started seeing headlines about, you know, that are going to be spun to talk about like how much artists are getting screwed, right? Mm -hmm. Like the huge amounts of money that will be quote unquote taken from smaller artists. This will raise the hair on your head. This is going to cause some emotion from you. You're going to be upset. Mm -hmm. Spotify is estimating that in year one, the first year they implement this, it's going to be $40 million in royalties that will be taken from smaller artists and redistributed to the bigger artists. Wow. And in five years, they said that'll be $1 billion. So what they're saying is that there's a lot of artists out there putting out a lot of songs that nobody's listening to. That's what that tells me. Exactly. So this, this would refute that this not getting paid the 32 cents or $3.70 per thousand streams is going to be some kind of deterrent from people wanting to get the dopamine hit of putting their finger painting up on the world's refrigerator. 
right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think people are doing it. I mean, some may have delusions of, yeah, I'm going to go make a bunch of money, but they're probably putting one song on there and expecting that to do it. It's not people that are putting out a bunch of songs. It's That's probably more the vanity, because we're talking like, it looks like at most like $3.70 per year. Yeah, yeah, per year. Not even per payout. No, like per year. Per year for the song, yeah. And, and so this is the thing. So when you see this, guys, I mean, you have to remember that whether it's $40 million or $1 billion, it's micropayments. Mm-hmm. Micropayments, right? They're not taking any more than $3.70 from a smaller artist to give to the bigger artist, okay? But it's still taking food off your table, right? It's taking money from you. So I get that. Yeah. But Brent, you remember when we talked, we had two shows about this about a year apart. We talked about the, the Spotify reports that came out in 2021 and 2022. Mm-hmm. About the number of people that are making more than 50K a year, number of artists that are making more than 50K a year right. on Spotify. Right. That made that figure out how to make at least $50,000 on Spotify. So year one, it was 13,400. And when we did the math and I came in, like I've seen a couple other places now where I'm pretty confident my math is like pretty freaking good on that. Mm-hmm. But even if I'm off by a couple thousand is like 8,400 indie artists without a label who are never going to get on the radio, figured out how to make $50,000 on Spotify. God bless them. Right. Yeah. Everything's been decentralized. You don't need permission. Okay. Now that was the first year. Second year, that number went up to 16,500. So we added 3,100 artists in 12 months time to the total that are making at least $50,000 in just streaming money, just from Spotify. 3,100 guys, we we did not sign 30. Those are not major label artists. Okay. Those are all indie, all of them. So what was compelling though, is that second year Spotify came out with the criteria because there was people whining about like, Oh my God, only 13,400 artists out of 8 million. Like that's terrible. That's 0.002% or whatever of the artists getting paid. And this is not fair. And this just, once again, Spotify crushing the backs of artists to blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And, and I thought that's why I did the breakdown to begin with. Cause I thought, man, that's a horrible spin. That would just, that seems to, imply that every single artist who uploads music to Spotify deserves to be paid mm-hmm. and that they're good. Right. <laughs> right now, yeah. This is a fact about the creative arts, whether it's painters or poets or authors or songwriters mm-hmm. or music artists or performance artists. Brent, I don't care how you, what cross section you take. If you put a million songwriters together, 99% of them are going to suck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the reality when you're dealing with art, like on a mass scale, guys, the imperfect understanding that's been perpetuated is that art is subjective. It's art is not subjective. Art can be objective. Mm -hmm. It can be objectively horrible. Okay. It's when it becomes competitive in whatever space that you're operating in, then it becomes subjective, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can recognize- Are you an Eddie Van Halen or a Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, exactly, right? Or, you know, Britney Spears. Yeah. Man, not a fan of that stuff really, but it's well done. Like it's really well done, but subjectively, eh, not on my playlist. Yeah. But well done. So- This is what I want to talk about here. Now let's break down some numbers because this is crazy. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So we talked about 8 million artists on Spotify. And what Spotify did was they, they created a criteria to kind of clap back at the people talking about how few artists were getting paid mm-hmm. out of 8 million to, they developed a criteria f- to determine who was a professional artist or a professionally aspiring artist, right? Yes. And if you remember, the first piece of criteria was you had to have uploaded at least 10 songs to Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Making enough for one album, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to have at least one album or 10 total songs to Spotify. And that first piece of criteria took the number from 8 million. It eliminated 5.6 million artists. Wow. Or 70% mm-hmm. of the artists on Spotify haven't even uploaded a grand total of 10 songs. Okay? So guaranteed those 5.6 million artists, the vast, vast, vast majority of them have less than 1,000 streams per song. Right. I would imagine so. Okay. Out of the 2.4 million artists that are left from the first piece of criteria, they've uploaded at least 10 songs, enough to make one album on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Out of that, only the next piece of criteria was you had to have at least 10,000 monthly listeners on their Spotify accounts. Mm -hmm. That dropped the number from 2.4 million to 160,000. Wow, big drop. Okay, so... And I guarantee you that most of the artists with less than 10,000 monthly listeners have most of their songs less than 1,000 streams. Mm -hmm. Because why? One of two reasons. Either the music sucks, they're not competitive, Mm -hmm. right? The sound recordings are bad, or the songs are bad, there's no vibe, whatever, or they're not marketing or promoting. Yeah. 95% of the job requirement of being an artist is marketing and promotion. And I would also say sometimes there are others, because I dig in the, you know, the bluegrass and the Southern gospel world, those fan bases just aren't on like Spotify as much. Like I can look up artists that I've had hits with on the charts on Southern gospel. Now, many of them are getting 10,000 monthly streams on, or however they, yeah, monthly listeners on Spotify. Because they do radio and they do satellite. It's like the the customer base. Now, that's going to be a very, very small, small section of people that are professionals that are not getting those Spotify numbers. But that's that's probably just. But that, but but if they are, but if they are professional, mm-hmm. where are they getting paid from? It's not it's just not Spotify. Yeah, they're getting paid other sources is they do yes. live shows, they do radio, they they are out there. And that's a very, very small part of what this crew would be i just want to give them a shout out there are a few out there but yeah they're not and their listenership is tends to be older and not savvy though. not on spotify not on spotify yeah they're, they're they're listening to records or or cassettes or just going to see them live it's a, yeah. our cds great it's a different thing but they're you know again so the money that they're going to lose from this on the songs that have less than ten thousand is going to be negligible mm-hmm. right yeah it's going to be negligible it's not what they're banking on it's not what they're banking on. that's right so it's not like they're getting screwed over okay mm-hmm but so let's put all the numbers together here. Out of 8 million artists, 7,840,000 artists or 98% either are not competitive mm-hmm. or don't market or promote enough to garner 100,000 streams per song in a year's time. Yeah. So that's why the numbers are so big. 
That's why 40 million to a billion, right? It seems like a lot of money, but th this is what we're talking about being monetized, okay? So again, with the argument that Tony Van Veen is, it's not just him. Like there's a lot of people saying this is simply stealing. Okay. I get this thought process. Mm -hmm. I get this angle on it, except again, stealing would suggest that the artist is powerless to stop it. Yeah. Right. And if you can manage to get a thousand streams, you will get paid. You have absolute control over this. Nobody's preventing you mm -hmm. from figuring out how to get to a thousand streams per song in a year's time. Yeah. I mean, I look at it as going, okay, are they being upfront with the rules? Yep. And it will, will apply evenly. Yeah. If Jay-Z puts out a song and it gets 999 downloads, but that last download ain't one, then is he going to get paid on that song? <laughs> I just right. wrapped myself right into that pun. Didn't even mean to from the beginning. But It was just brilliant from the get-go. It was just like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> anyway, so is he going to get paid? Yeah. If that's even the same as my Uncle Joe, who puts out a song and it gets, okay, then then at least you know up front. And as an artist, you can go, do I want to be on that platform? Is that worth it? Or do I want to just be on these different platforms? Whatever. Right. So now, here, now I'm going to break it down a little further here, okay? So it's like walking into a bar and there's a cover charge? That's theft. Well, don't walk in the bar yeah. as long as we're up. But if it charges your card by RFID the minute you walk in and you don't even know that you got charged that till you left, what? Then that's different not thing. Cool. Yeah, different yeah, different thing. deal. That's right. So no matter how you shake this, no matter how you feel about this, each artist has a very, very, very low bar to jump over to avoid this rape and pillaging. Okay? Mm-hmm. But, guys, we're talking about getting paid for your work, right? Mm -hmm. Which means, and Brent, we've mentioned this before, even if it's one penny, mm -hmm. if you get paid one penny for a performance, at the moment that you got paid that penny, you now became professional. Yeah. Because you're getting paid to do the job. That's the definition of professional, okay? Mm -hmm. So- is it stealing or is it a bar that's being set to financially participate on a professional platform? Spotify is basically saying, we'll pay you to do the job. Your job is to get a thousand and one streams per song per year, right? Yeah. Like put, like, I mean, how much effort does it take in marketing or, yeah, I guarantee you, Brent, like there are artists that have done zero marketing and zero work who have managed to get more than a thousand streams. So it's like the artists who put friggin' a minute amount of energy and time and creative energy and a little bit of money into marketing their product. It's not hard to get past a thousand. Yeah. I mean, I feel like most of our listeners, unless they're just starting and they're still in the exploratory phase are already past this and go, Oh, whew. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. And and the way I look at it. Which is why, which is why, you know, it's if they're not saying that you're not getting paid for the first thousand streams, mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Okay. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Now that's important. That's a, that's another shell game, right? Like when I first started doing mortgages and I worked for AmeriQuest, they had their own software for pricing mortgages. Mm -hmm. And so the way their software worked, like you wouldn't see it would tell you what your revenue would be. And 
when you're brand new and you're trained by AmeriQuest and you don't know any better, you're like, wow, okay, I can make this money on a mortgage. That's great. I'm going to try to sell this. I'm going to try to do this. But then when AmeriQuest went under and I left and I went to be a mortgage broker with like all, you know, I'm working with all these different banks right on a table funder like Deutsche Bank and Wells Fargo and Bank of America, blah, blah, blah. Then I started realizing like the software at freaking AmeriQuest, the house, the, there was a house rake. <laughs> they took the first point on the mortgage. So the mortgage officers didn't make a dime until they charged over a point. Ah. Uh. On the mortgage, right? But you don't know that. That's that, to your point, Brent. Like it's like walking in and they're taking your money and you're not aware of it, right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, this is ridiculous that you can make this much money on mortgages and we're getting screwed over at AmeriQuest, right? Mm -hmm. But let's look at it this a different way. Thinking of it like a professional platform, you know, in the NFL, there's what's called a combine. This is where all the teams and the coaches get to look at athletes that are competing for a chance to be drafted and for a chance to play in the NFL. They're usually fresh out of college there. Mm -hmm. They run drills and they're measured on their abilities to kick, to pass, to punt, to run, to stop, to tackle, etc. right? And looking at it through this lens, it would be like saying, well, everyone should be able to play professional football. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty high bar that you have to get to get onto that field. Right. It's an elite bar. Yeah. So unlike basketball, like professional basketball, which is far less physical than football, mm -hmm. if you let an athlete, let's say, with an insane amount of talent to be a potential Hall of Famer on an NFL field right after high school, they'll be killed instantly. Yeah. Killed. Yeah. Why? Because they haven't physically developed enough, right? They're not ready. Mm -hmm. The three years after high school or four years after high school, you know, three years if they get out early and they go to, to into the draft or four years, they build up their bodies, their, their strength, their speed, their endurance, and their gamesmanship to compete. Mm -hmm. There's big story like Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant who came out of high school in basketball and went right into the pros. And mind you, they still struggled their first year. OK, mm -hmm. because it was such a big physical game. But I mean, you're talking like death sentence in the NFL, right? Like you will be killed. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not physically big enough to withstand that kind of impact that's going to happen on a play by play basis. Yeah. OK, so that's one way to look at it. Let's look at another way that maybe hits a little closer to home for you artists. OK, you can't monetize on YouTube or Facebook unless and hear me out, you have met and continue to maintain mm -hmm. a certain amount of traffic that they are requiring, the criteria they require to consider you a professional creator to be worthy of being paid. Okay? Yeah. You got to have, what, like a thousand subscribers or something like that? I was talking to someone over the holiday. You have to have a thousand subscribers. That's the mark on subscribership. Mm -hmm. And then it, it's like, uh, I think a certain amount of, they, they change it, but I think it's like 4,000 hours, mm -hmm. maybe a month of traffic yeah. of watching your content. And if it falls, you can have like 20,000 subscribers, but if you're hourly, if you're, your monthly hourly quota falls below, you don't get paid. Yeah. Right. So if you're going to use if you're going to be considered a creator and you're going to use our 
Now, can anybody upload their stuff to YouTube? Absolutely. Yes. Is that, can you put your finger painting up on the world's refrigerator there? Absolutely. Okay. Why aren't people whining about that? Well, it's funny. Speaking of, you know, YouTube, it doesn't matter how many videos you put on YouTube. If you don't meet those criteria, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've started finally uploading video, all of our episodes to YouTube. Like we put hundreds yeah. of climb episodes on YouTube. But we have not promoted it. So guess what? If that's all you knew about it, she'd be like, these boys are doing a lot of work <laughs> for nothing. Yeah. Because yeah. we just haven't promoted it. We we go through, you probably listen to this, not on YouTube, but if you're there, hi, and thank you. But probably not, right? At this point that yeah. we're recording this, everyone's good listening to audio. They're not doing the YouTube thing, which is fine, which we do add stuff on there because guess what? We've reached threshold where we were valuable enough for a podcast network to invite us in and go, hey, let's you got some reach and audience. We got some advertisers. Let's work together and make some money. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing that. But even though we have hundreds of episodes on YouTube, eh, I'm not mad at that. You know why? I haven't done the job. Yeah. Am I mad that we don't have a ton of subscribers on YouTube? No. Why? I haven't done the work. Exactly. And on that note, back to your point about the, like the, some of the bluegrass artists and stuff like that, mm -hmm. where do we get most of our traffic? It ain't even close to YouTube. It's mostly Apple and mm -hmm. Spotify and these other platforms where yeah. we get our downloads from. Yeah. That's like whatever we get over there at YouTube is bonus just in terms of traffic. It's more exposure for us. And maybe, mm -hmm. who knows, maybe someday all of a sudden it catches on whatever i don't know but yeah you know it's us just trying to be distributed everywhere and and provide a visual aspect to it but that's the point so facebook has the same kind of criteria mm -hmm. i don't I, i'm not certain about instagram or about tiktok but they all have i'm not certain about the specifics of it but each of those platforms has criteria mm -hmm. that you have to meet in order to be paid yeah Okay. And prior to that now, so there's a couple of ways here. Like, you know, that when I talked about like the house rake and I was talking about AmeriQuest and the mortgage company, like I didn't have a choice on that. They take the first point yeah. before I get paid, no matter what, right? When you're doing a digital transaction for a t-shirt on your website, that gateway is taking probably a 30 cent transaction charge, no matter how much you're charging for the product mm -hmm. and then a percentage of the sale, right? 3.5%. That happens all the time. Guaranteed, no matter what. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, you got to have a certain amount of followers and you have to have a certain amount of regular consistent traffic in order to be paid for that traffic, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you fall below that, don't get paid, right? And also, Spotify is not doing this, right? You guys see that. It's not like we're going to take all the revenue from the first thousand streams on everybody. Right. Or in the, no, 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 no. They're saying, look, we're just not going to pay you if you don't cross over the barrier of a thousand streams. Get to a thousand streams, get paid. Yeah. One way I look at this as, as a professional songwriter is because, you know, somebody might cover a song that I've written or whatever and, and fall below that threshold. Okay, I won't get paid on that either. Not happy about that. But thing is, though, I think that's going to be balanced out by the fact that the the pay pool is going to increase dramatically. Yes. And I have a lot of songs in that pay pool. 
right? Yes. By other artists, by people like Mackenzie O'Brien, Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Zane and Donna King that are like, are going to like, so that's going to beef up the people that are like serious about it. Yeah. And doing it. It's like, okay, well, I look at that. I ought to see a bump. Yeah, I think you will. And that's my point is that the artists who are professional, who are professionally aspiring, right? Because let's be honest, the, the difference between an artist and not being an artist, my friends, is not <laughs> a thousand streams, okay? <laughs> right. That is not, you're not going to pay for anything on that. You can't even buy a, literally a pack of gum, five bucks, right? Well, you're not even getting back what you paid to join TuneCore or DistroKid or whatever, right? Exactly. If there's a payment for that, you're not even getting that back. You're, you're still exactly. in the hole. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's a hobby. You're playing golf. So yeah, it's a hobby. You know what I mean? And so, man, I mean, when we first started working with Josh Roy, mm -hmm. his Spotify account was the kind of Spotify account that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. He might have had a song, maybe one song. I think he had one release. I think maybe one of those songs maybe was over a thousand streams. The rest of them weren't. Yeah. So he's not gonna be paid for anything. Now we've gone to work. Okay, on this this EP that the, the first EP that I co-produced that we released and I helped them market. Now we got over five hundred thousand streams. Yeah. Okay, on four of the five songs. So we still have the last one to release coming up this week. Cool. So, in the world of competing professional artists, if the market is a blue whale, right, the largest mammal on earth. Mm -hmm. A half a million streams is a quarter of a Tic Tac. Yeah. It's nothing. It's not even close. I'm not going to get any attention on Josh Roy from industry people until we get into well into the seven figures. Mm -hmm. That's your bar. Yeah. That's your bar. So thinking and complaining and fretting and spending one ounce of your precious time and energy worrying about this on a thousand streams is a waste of your time. Mm -hmm. Because if you put that same amount of energy and time into just a modicum of improving, either improving your art to make it competitive, right? Learning how to write a better song, learning how to make a better recording, or if you have competitive music into marketing that music, mm -hmm. it's not that hard to get over a thousand streams, guys. It's not. Yeah. Not that hard at all. So if you can't get more than a thousand streams, it's not even that you're not doing your job. You're not just, you're not even showing up to work. You're not even showing up to work. You're like expecting to get paid as a construction worker without even showing up to the site. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you can't pound one nail, one all day long. Yeah. So either you're not competitive with your music or you're not competitive with your sound recordings and songwriting, or you're not marketing and promoting your music, which is, again, 95% of the job description. Artists seem to have a hard time getting this through their head and accepting this and embracing this. But 95% of your big, fat, stinky record deal that you want to get, all the money, the time, the effort, the resources, the infrastructure, it all goes to marketing. Mm -hmm. You're lucky to get 5% to make that album. So it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it, it, it just, you, 
you now, you don't need anybody's permission, but you got to do the job. Yeah. And that's the job. And so if you're going to complain about social media and complain about how hard it is to make a living and blah, 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 man, stop it. Like you guys, this is to your point, Brent, I think get into the realm of artists who are getting paid, who are considered professional by Spotify, and you're going to make more money per stream than you would before because they're going to take the non-performers mm-hmm. and put them all in a big pool and pay you more. Yeah. Artists are going to make more money. And if it gets to a point where somehow it's revealed that out of that billion dollars in five years is being distributed only to only to major label artists, and at that point, five years from now, indie artists have 50% of the traffic, that's a different conversation we're going to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's it. So think about that, guys. That's all I got to say about that. But I just wanted to give you the breakdown on that. I wanted you to know what's happening. And when you start seeing the headlines that look really disgusting and gross, I want you to read between the lines and understand what's going on. Okay. Nobody's making a living putting out a million uploads of a song with less than a thousand streams each. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not happening. So not happening. Anyway, and if that was your plan as a business model, sorry, that's a crappy business model (laughs) so anyway guys that's it man if you want to like learn more about the digital downloads go to giftfromjohnny.com j-o-h-n-n-y giftfromjohnny.com free download whoever owns the traffic rules the road all right that is de facto credo you should have that tattooed on your forehead okay you own the traffic you're not gonna have any problem with a thousand streams and uh you can download it for free just tell me where to send it make sure you join the climb community follow the podcast tell a friend about it this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.